to the Batman Tasticast, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the greatest animated television series of all time, Batman the Animated Series. Our podcast offers a deep dive into each episode and a full series retrospective from two nerds who really like Batman and seated across the table from me, he is an agent with mind-numbing gas in his eye visor. Oh my God. Mr. Jordan Hugh. That'd be a really cool power. Yeah. Uh, seated across the... Mike, Mike, are you okay? Mike just fell off his chair because he's off balance. Oh, oh I get it. I get I'm, it. I'm sorry, yeah, everyone. Yeah. No, thank I'm not you. that sorry. Not that sorry at all because we are talking about season one, episode 50, and broadcast order number 44. So we got a little bump. Off balance. Off balance. Man, 50 episodes we've done I know. This. We've done 50. That's a lot of time in these chairs. We've spent a lot of time in chairs that are mimic these chairs because we've moved the studio a few times. Yeah, but you get the idea. But we've been sitting across the table from each other in person, mind you. All of these episodes have been recorded in person for 50 episodes now. So it's almost uh, pretty much with a little bit of a break. It's over a year's worth of episodes. Yeah. So it's really nice to I'm impressed with us. I think a little pat on the back is in order. I think I think we deserve it for fifty episodes. Let's see how we feel when we get to a hundred. Let's see how we get see when we, see how we feel when we get to one hundred and nine. Hundred right? That's the whole original run, right? Hundred nine episodes that aired to the show. We're so getting to about halfway. Just about halfway through. Mm-hmm. And hey, any listeners who have still stuck with us, thanks. Yeah, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to this. Hopefully, more people come in and listen. We have a whole lar- a large backlog now of fifty episodes and. You know, you you don't have to listen to these episodes in order. You can just go and watch yeah. the episode and then come and listen to our show. And then as we talk about the episode and make jokes, and hopefully you found the same stupid stuff funny <laughs> that we did. We said this when we started, but we always kind of just hope to be the watch-along guys. Yeah, so I'm yeah, hoping yeah, yeah. that people find this show, or maybe they're even just looking up one of the episode titles, and they find this show, and they're like, oh, yeah, here are these guys talking about that one episode. Yeah, so. and if it's an episode you like, great. If it's an episode you don't like, great. Hopefully we like and don't like either, the same either episodes. Either way, yeah. Yeah, even if it's an episode that we hate that you like, I think you <laughs> can have some fun with it. So we're going to talk about Off Balance today. Off Balance is one of those episodes, in my opinion, that's more of an important episode to the overall mythos than, say, quality in terms yeah. of like high-quality episode. It's another episode written by Len Wein, who last... Wein. Wein, you know... And famous comics writer. A famous comics writer, uh, famously created, was is one of the creators of Wolverine. Yeah. And Len Wein had already written another episode that we, Jordan and I, had covered called Night of the Wolf, if you haven't listened to that one yet. I think that's Moon of the Wolf. I'm sorry. Moon of the Wolf. Moon, moon of, the, of wolf. the Wolf. You're right. Moon of the Wolf. My bad. Blue Moon. Of the Wolf. And of the Wolf. Of the Wolf. Um, so <laughs> Len Wein had written that one. And to be honest, this episode feels like it's not by the same writer. No, this is a much more typical Batman yeah, the Animated yeah, Series episode. Moon of the feels, Wolf is kind of odd. Yeah, Moon of the Wolf kind of stands out and is, is weird. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily fit everything else that's going on in the series. But this episode does, and this episode sets up a lot. It's a big setup episode, you know. Right. I think I think like I said the uh, episode's impact is more more in, more about introducing very very important characters to the animated series that we had known from the comic books. And you know, the most important stuff that we get out of this episode like the villain what, what is his name Vert, Vertigo, but he's also Vertigo. like Dr. Vertigo or Professor Vertigo. Like they they give him a name or something like that, like Count Vertigo or something like that. <laughs> Stupid. He's a bad villain. He has an interesting power. Like, his eyepiece is interesting, 
But ultimately, the main draw of this episode is introducing us to Talia al Ghul, yeah. who at that time in comic books wasn't nearly as present as she is now. Uh, nor has she been like over like the last ten years. Where, right, she's you know, major now. She's, yeah, she's like and has the, been major for a while. Yeah, I mean, ever since they made Damian Wayne Batman's son as a Robin, and he's she's the mother, and yeah, I think even before that. Yeah, but, probably a little but, before that. Yeah, too. He, that's that's a more recent major plot point. Even though Damian's been around for a while now. Yeah, Damian's been around for a while, but also at the same time, I feel like the League of Assassins or Society of Shadows, the League of Shadows, whatever they're being called, in in whatever version you're watching it's one of those things where i do believe that this kind of blows up in popularity in response to the nolan universe yeah i think because raza ghoul and talia al ghoul are used as pretty much villains of two of those movies i think that's what maybe drums up the interest again yeah you know what's funny by the way is that we we use the proper pronunciation Raz al ghul yeah um we have that established from the nolan films mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. comics i believe on this show they call him Ra's al ghul yeah i think they call him Ra's al ghul they didn't say it in this episode they didn't she just refers they, to him when they do they will say yeah. Ra's, which is odd yeah 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 it's 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 weird but i think with with the with batman begins that's when they pretty much come up with with, with, that's pretty much where they start calling him Ra's al Ghul, right? In, like, that's how they pronounce his name in Batman Begins. They say Ra's al Ghul. Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, yeah. not Ra's al Ghul. And right, no, I'm only saying Ra's al Ghul for the animated yeah, series. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. The animated series says that, but my thing is, like, um, I guess they didn't realize <laughs> what how to pronounce it in the animated series, or... And I'm not sure anybody was, like, really around to tell them. Mm-hmm. Like, no one was, yeah. like, calling up Bruce Timm to be like, you're wrong. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, you know, Rezo Ghoul is what? He's the, the demon? They call him, refer the to him as the, the demon's head. They refer the to him as head. the demon. So, how do you feel about this episode, man? Uh, the episode is probably, for me, just okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think Vertigo is a particularly compelling villain, but I like the way his ability is animated. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting obstacle for the characters to have to overcome. And the fact that Tali is sort of initially resistant to that is kind of intriguing for that mm-hmm, character. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, he's like, yeah, stupid, classic, sort of weird Nazi science villain. Yeah, that's weird, right? Yeah, it's... just like, but like, that's also like a trope character. So I was like, oh, it's one of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you're, you're totally right, Mike. The episode is only interesting because it introduces Talia for the majority of the episode and then uh, Roz or Raish right at the end of the episode. Right at the very end of the episode. Some incredible voice work, too, going on yeah. uh, in this episode, especially I will with Talia. Say, and, uh... yeah, I will say the episode feels lightly adapted from other material. Yeah. yeah. Because when the uh, League of Shadows members, or whatever they're called here... Society of Shadows, I believe. Thank you. Whenever the Society of Shadows members fail in their mission, they quote-unquote erase their memories. Yeah. But it pretty much looks like they suicide. Yeah, it's almost like cyanide. And that would be more typical of what happens in the comics. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was just like... It was one of those laugh-out-loud moments where those guys all quote-unquote erase their memories. And I was like, they all killed themselves. They're dead. Yeah. They are dead, dead, dead. Also, you know... Count Vertigo, Vertigo being kind of like a Nazi holdover, which is really what he is. I, I think probably piggybacks on the popularity of like Indiana Jones in the late mid to late eighties and early nineties. Yeah, We're still pulp living villain. that. You're always fighting yeah, Nazis. You know, Batman, this this show, like you always say, time is very loose yeah. in this show. It's very soft. So if it is kind of dealing with like the fifties era, like it's still like kind of a holdout from the war. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, and they pull no punches with that. Like, he's wearing the full-on, like... It's really similar to, like, the Star Wars Imperial officer mm. uniform complete with the cape and everything but yeah. like all that stuff is based on kind of like well, those are those are all not those are space yeah, nazis space nazis essentially um so i understand why they would do that with with him with vertigo and um yeah he's ultimately not interesting but i do like the way his power looks yeah he's it's voiced cool. by i think michael york he is michael york <laughs> which is pretty awesome basil um, exposition i know that's a significant actor but funny enough yeah basil exposition is what i know him best for. yes of course he's been in a lot of stuff he's been around for a long time a lot michael of york stuff. is an old guy yeah actually when i show the um kids in my class different shakespeare films he's usually in the film oh in that's some great way, particularly in um romeo and juliet the oh yeah franco zeffirelli version oh okay that's <laughs> yeah. from the 60s, Late 60s early 70s, 70s somewhere in there yeah yeah, yeah. 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 But i will always know him as Battle Exposition oh, we, from the uh, Austin awesome Powers movies. Of course. Who uh, I don't Austin, think... that's my mother. <laughs> um, so some topics for discussion we already hit on Count Vertigo. Uh, so we got uh, the Society of Shadows. Obviously, they don't call it the League of Assassins because it's a kid's show. You can't do that. Nah, mm-hmm. definitely not. But I can't... I feel like Nolan might have watched these episodes... When he was making Batman Begins, and I was assume. like, oh, oh, Society of Shadows. I don't love that, but League and Shadows is good. League of Shadows is good, which I think is the best name. Yeah, of the bunch, League yeah. of Shadows is actually the best name. It makes the most sense. Like, League of Assassins is really on the nose. Right. It's well, that's like, like when they call it, like, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. It's like, hold up a second. Hold up. That's why That's why the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants is only, only makes sense when they're called the Brotherhood. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the Brotherhood has been, you know, run by a bunch of people, not just Magneto. Right, totally. So, yeah. Well, it's like in Marvel, the Masters of Evil. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, like, well, we can't, after the Silver Age, like, we can't call them that anymore. We're not the Masters. They don't think they're evil. Yeah, Thunderbolts, I, I would almost give you. Right. But Masters of Evil. There yeah, was no, there's, there's, there's... There's no hiding that. No. We're not the bad guys. Oh, yeah, what does MOE stand for on your jacket? Oh, I don't know. Um, oh, masters know. of Eclairs. I do like an Eclair. Who doesn't? I like the uh, good humor chocolate eclair ice cream oh, bar. Oh, baby. That's a good one. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. The mm. stro- or the strawberry shortcake. See, I don't like the strawberry shortcake. Do you like the toasted almond? Not really. Oh, you just like all chocolate stuff. I like the chocolate stuff. Yeah. 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 Not that, I mean, listen, I not to discriminate. I'd be happy with any of those, but yeah, chocolate is my favorite. Chocolate eclair is always a good one. That was a good, like, buck 25 at the ice what cream. Was your, what was your choice? Like, a, a good humor bar, good humor trucks, you know, pulling up. You got some cash in your pocket. What are you getting So when you're a kid? Here's the thing. When I was a kid, I, I learned early that those terrible character pops were not, oh, not for me. bad. I used they're to get the terrible. wrestler ones, and they were just terrible. Oh, forget it. And people give me a hard time. <laughs> Because somebody puts this on Facebook like constantly. It's like, which one you picking? It's the Chip Witch. Mm, yeah. It's the Chip Witch. Chip Witch is solid. 100% of the time, it's the Chip Witch. I like that one. I don't know if it was a good humor bar or it was a Hagen dazs bar that had like a chocolate bar inside the ice cream bar. Yeah, I think that that's a. I think that's a. Hagen does. It was fucking unreal. That they, the Dove does that too, though. Yeah. Dove chocolate. That was the best one. That was like the fat kid supreme. Oh, it's so good. That was like you like you want a whole candy bar with your ice cream. It's inside yeah, it's the a, ice cream. You there. fat fuck. <laughs> yeah, I love that shit. Absolutely. You know, I will say this much though: nothing on this planet, and they just became available in retailers in the last like four or five years. Nothing on this planet tastes better and is more enjoyable than the Mickey Mouse premium ice cream bar <laughs> in the Magic Kingdom. Oh yeah. Well, hey, listen, it's all about the mice cream, baby. Exactly. I love a good, some good mice cream. Obviously, Talia Ghoul's introduced in this episode. She's one of the most important characters of Batman's history. Uh, she's a character that we actually knew very little about in the past, as same as her father, uh, Ra's al Ghul. Um, they're somehow, like, part of Batman's past, but also Talia is now, like, 
the mother of Batman's son, Damien, who's also a Robin. Um, she's always been shrouded in some degree of mystery, and I think part of the reason why the animated series uses these characters is because they kind of, this, the animated series kind of releases right after what is known as the Demon Trilogy is put out. Uh, it's books by uh, Dennis O'Neill. Mm. Dennis O'Neill wrote these books in the 80s that pretty much give us the definitive origin of Ra's al Ghul, Talia, and both of their relationships with Batman. I highly suggest people go out and read them. They're fantastic graphic novels. And uh, they kind of open up the uh, the Pandora's box for these like kind of mystery uh, characters like you know right. all of O'Neill's demon stuff is good he, he does stuff before that where he refers to like the demon or whatever but the three books in the trilogy are Son of the Demon Bride of the Demon and Birth of the Demon uh, Son of the Demon is released in 1987 Bride in 1990 and Son in 1992 so Batman the animated series is kind of contemporary with this and these are three of the bigger Batman stories that are being released at this time that people are really interested in it's got incredible art they're actually the uh, graphic novels are actually in a different format. They're more of a, in a prestige format, almost like magazine size, um, and they're really, really so nice. So these are the pretentious books. Yes, these are the these are the ones that people <laughs> like me like to read. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in and as we talk about Talia Al Ghul, we have to tip a cap. It's a Long Island native, Helen Slater. Uh, plays Talia. Oh, I know she's who, from Long Island. Yeah, she's Long Island. She's from Massapequa. Whoa. Yeah, and she wasn't killed on Gilgo Beach. Like Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, oh, like wow. and Alec Baldwin. So uh, Helen Slater, who also has played Supergirl in multiple occasions. She was Supergirl on the on the TV on the original TV show, and she was also in the new Supergirl as um, another character. I think her mom, maybe, or her aunt, or something like that. I forget. I didn't read too much into it. Hmm. But yeah, no, Talia Al Ghul, Long Island native, Helen Slater. So congrats, Massapequa, baby. Very nice. All right, uh, let's go into some IMDb trivia. Uh, so in the Batcave, I love this, and I actually paid uh, paid attention to it when I when I saw this happening. We actually see Bat uh, Alfred. Uh, shining up and polishing the giant penny, mm -hmm. which we talked about in uh, Almost Got Him. That's right. Very which is recent famous from that episode. Um, I thought that was quite great when you see, you see Alfred kind of putting the extra wax on that big penny. I know. How often do you think he has to clean that thing? That's a once a yearly item. Well, you know, the penny's in the basement. It's in the back cave. There's water and all sorts of stuff down there. So Alfred's probably polishing it all the time. That, that house needs a staff. Yeah. You can't just do one guy. Alfred is really good. At Alfred's the real superhero. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Society of Shadows is a formidable globe-spanning organization making their first appearance in the series. Wow, you know what this reminds me of? What? Red Claw. Yeah. Why wasn't this why Red wasn't Claw? Why wasn't Red Claw Talia? It makes no sense why this wasn't Talia from the beginning. Red Claw should have been Talia. What she does in that episode, in, or in those episodes, is very much a Society of Shadows kind of 100%. thing. She's like hijacking a plague. And also, like, Talia's a great character to introduce in episode one with Catwoman. Yeah, they might not have thought of that, They honestly. might not have, yeah, yeah, you're right. They might have needed, they might, might, might have needed Len Wein to come in and do it. You always need the Wein. Mm-hmm. Gotta get some Wein. Yes. Um, Talia's hairstyle is patterned off of Veronica Lake's famous peekaboo hairdo. Yeah, she has like the uh, classic over one eye. Yeah, yeah. One of mystery Ooh. hairstyle. Mm -mm. Vertigo's comic counterpart is known as Count Vertigo, who's an old villain from the Green Arrow, so that's why he's lame. Um, <laughs> sorry to all you Green Arrow or Arrow fans out oh, there. You know what? He, he makes sense as a yeah, Green Arrow of course villain because he, he makes it hard to aim. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. actually kind of good. Yeah. But, I mean, how do you feel about Green Arrow? Uh, well, actually, surprisingly, I think Green Arrow is awesome. Yeah? Because I think Oliver Queen's a cool character in the, <laughs> in the books. In the books. Yeah. 
<laughs> not to do with Arrow the show. I like that. Nothing he... about the show. Zero percent the show. I like that he looks like Robin Hood and he's got the Van Dyke. I like that he looks like Robin Hood. He's got a little Van Dyke beard. Yeah. I like that he's basically Errol Flynn. I like that he's a fucking wise ass. Yeah. Yeah. That's, he's a great character. And he's a good marksman. Yeah. That's good. The show knows not so much. He's failed the city. No, not Arrow. Fuck Arrow. No. I haven't watched Arrow really much. I haven't watched Flash much, and I haven't no, watched I, any of those all shows. All those stupid WB shows suck. Yeah, no, no. Uh, the Twitch, the informant that Batman meets at the Statue of Freedom. <laughs> the one that is absolutely killed. Yes. <laughs> is modeled after Tim Burton, uh, the director okay. of Batman... 89 and I Batman Returns, which I absolutely see when, yeah. when looking at it. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 I could see that. Uh, one of the very few episodes that depict actual deaths, the Society of Shadows throw an informant off the Statue of Freedom. Afterwards, they appear to commit suicide via gas. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we think that they're certainly they dead. kind of errata it a second later, and yeah. they're like, they erased their minds. Yeah, but BS. no, no, they kill him. They kill Twitch, and then they kill themselves. Of course they do. The exchange between Batman and Talia in which he asks her, whose side are you on? She, repeal, she replies, that would be telling. Comes from the opening dialogue of all 17 episodes of the series The Prisoner from 1967, which I guess if you were a big fan of The Prisoner, uh, that I mean, that's one... A, yeah, it's a pretty popular show. I've never I, seen I've it. never seen The Prisoner. Me neither. It sounds like something that Quentin Tarantino would reference in one of his films. 100%. People do know that show. That, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. a popular show. This episode is based on the Batman comic story from Detective Comics, Volume 1, number 441, titled Into the Den of the Death Dealers, which is a lot to say in a short period of time, uh, by Dennis O'Neill, with art by Bob Brown and Dick Giordano, which featured the first meeting of Batman and Talia. The antagonist in the original comic arc, in the original comic story, was Dr. Dark. But in this animated version of the story, Dr. Dark is replaced by Vertigo. Uh, obviously, we said a villain from Green Arrow's Rogues Gallery. Count Vertigo, however, made their first appearance in World's Finest Comics number 251 in July of 1978, which was seven years after the story adapted in this episode was published. So, Okay, so they're just, yeah, they're just switching some stuff so, around. Tali is not I 100% think that this character, Dark, is probably pretty similar to Vertigo. Yeah, it's just like another sort of generic... Not one of those villains. If only it was Dr. Indark. That's probably... <laughs> Extra special. Extra special. Um, for those of you who have played the PlayStation 1 fighting game Street Fighter EX plus Alpha, uh, you've done a little cheer. Street Fighter EX plus Alpha. Plus Alpha. Skull Crusher! Skull Slider! Skull Head! When the Sonic Drill arrives, Lucius Fox mentions it's the company's only prototype from their <laughs> lab in Chicago. Sure, why not? That city is where Christopher Nolan shot the Dark Knight trilogy as the stand-in for Gotham City, and it also stood in for Gotham in Elseworlds Part 2, 2018, which I believe is probably one of those WB things. The introduction of Kate Kane, the eponymous superhero on Batwoman 2019. So I haven't watched Batwoman, and I probably won't. You and I have time and time again commented on how Gordon is Batman's friend. Yes. Batman treats him like absolute garbage. That's part of his mystery. Yeah. Batman can't really have friends. No, I guess not. So he has to maintain a little professional distance. You got some, got anything before we dive in? No, let's dive in. Let's do this. Title card, off balance, written in dizzying, distorted font to represent the episode's title. Black and white title card with the same effect on the bat symbol behind it. Written by Len Wein and directed by Kevin Altieri. Wein. Wein. Altieri's, Altieri's one of the big guys. He is. We cut to Gotham City at night. 
we see the Statue of Freedom, which is 1,000% the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, it's one-to-one, yeah. In the harbor. We pan up to the torch to see uh, someone we would learn is Twitch waiting for a guy named Nico, but instead he gets Batman. Twitch was called here by Nico, but it was Batman who pretty much joked and threw him for a loop and actually um, kind of played a, played a trick on, on Twitch to get information from him. He was the one who called Twitch up to the torch. Batman asked Twitch for information about the Society of Shadows, and Twitch says that he's only worked for them. He doesn't really know much, but Batman what does... What a his... stupid meeting place, I know, by the way. The torch of Go the... Go meet in an alley. Yeah, like, why, why couldn't you meet... <laughs> I, there's, there's a versus card... Deadpool's versus card. Versus system is a card game that I played many, many moons ago. The first Deadpool card, the flavor text wasn't put on the card. Okay. They left it off because there was too much text. But his original flavor text read is like, why do all these like crime bosses and crime lords have to meet in like dark alleys or like basement warehouses or all these terrible rat infested <laughs> places? Why can't we just meet at Denny's over a Grand Slam breakfast? Very good. Which, you know, I get it. Why are they meeting at the torch? Did they get that on a card eventually? No, unfortunately not. Oh, shame. Yeah. Uh, Denny's probably sued. <laughs> and then as Batman continues to like ask Twitch these questions, Nico, um, Twitch tells Batman that Nico says that the Society of Shadows have their quote-unquote claws in every dirty deal in Gotham. And when this happens, we see Wolverine's hands come up from the screen and start digging into the Statue of Freedom. I imagine Len Wein just did this as a nod to the character he I think create. so, too. Uh, digging to the side of the statue. They're using the claws as like a climbing implement. Also, this reminds me of X-Men. Right. I mean, this is base, absolutely a right? scene from X-Men. Right? A scene from X-Men where Wolverine climbs up the Statue of Liberty using his claws. Yeah. So, hey, maybe there was a little... Maybe someone reached out to Len Wein and was like, well, when I was writing Batman. Look here, Wein. Wein. Um, we see these ninja-esque agents climbing up the statue. Uh, Twinch continues to pretty much give up more information about the society and that they have some sort of big thing going on tonight to try to get some ultrasound gizmo. Batman asks who's running the show and Twitch gives up Vertigo before these ninjas get to the torch. One of them attacks Batman with a knife, but Batman is able to kind of throw him aside. And the other goes for Twitch, threatening him, saying, no one betrays the society. He throws Twitch... Which kind of gives it away. Yeah, Why say anything? Yeah, I just keep your mouth shut, dude. He throws Twitch off the statue. Uh, Twitch definitely dies, but lands in the water. Well, no, Mike, he lands in the water. I'm pretty sure if you drop in water from that height, you die. You're probably dead, unless you're some sort of championship diver and you can treat your body like like a missile. I don't know. Batman then throws the one ninja at the other uh, before dodging one of their grappling shots uh, that gives the ninjas a way to get out. They kind of zip line away. And then Batman swings down to the head of the statue. Uh, when confronted by Batman, the two ninjas then gas themselves with these whatever kind of gases in their <laughs> it's eyes. It's ridiculous. Honestly, when you first see it, you're like, okay, they're killed instantly. This is very cyanide. Well, no, I say, okay, so a cyanide suicide, that's kind of cool. Yeah. But later, they're just like, oh, their minds were erased. Now I have all kinds of questions. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, okay, how often do they do this? Right. Do they reprogram people? Right. Yeah. Are the guys they meet later on in the park the same people? Right. And the big Nazi castle? Um, Batman then, of course, puts on his handy-dandy gas mask, which he uses quite frequently on the show, and then checks their pulse. And it's like, okay, yeah, they're dead. And then he walks off, but not before... They're absolutely dead. Yes. But uh, Batman walks off, but not before we get an image of Batman in someone's binoculars. 
uh, we see this woman put the binoculars down and we see the face of a dark haired woman with blue eyes and we pan away to see someone dressed in what I considered the full black widow or like a shield <laughs> costume. She's completely right. dressed or like, like a G.I. Joe woman. Yeah. Like, uh, like the Baroness. It's very Baroness. Very Baroness. Very Baroness without the glasses. But right. you know, what can you Ooh, do? Tally with glasses. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then she walks off. We later learn that this is Talia al Ghul, one of Batman's future entanglements. Um, we then see crosshairs. I like that phrasing. Yeah. Entanglement. Yeah. She's an entanglement. I mean, they kind of all are. Wouldn't say Batman. girlfriend. No, I wouldn't. Entanglement. No. Baby mama, maybe. Mm, entanglement, girl. for sure. Yeah. yeah. And she's also really present in this season of Harley Quinn. Oh, the she? fourth season of Harley Quinn. There's a lot of Talia al Ghul wow. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, then we see crosshairs and bullets. Gordon is at a shooting range as the door behind him closes. Batman has entered the chat. Gordon's a great shot. He's a great shot. As it turns out. Yeah, he should be. Batman talks to Gordon about Twitch getting away, and then Batman says the gas the agents used had erased their minds, which we know is not true. That's a standards and practice imposed thing. It's like, they can't be dead. They can't die. Uh, Batman, using the information given to him by the Twitch and being Bruce Wayne, thinks that the Society of Shadows is after Wayne Tech's new sonic drill. Which, Gordon's like, how'd you know that? <laughs> He's yeah. kind of like... Yeah, come on. Come on. Um, he instructs Gordon to tell Bullock to bolster security uh, at the train yard where the drill is coming in. It's coming in tonight. When Gordon goes to respond, Batman is gone. And that's where we get the, uh, the line, one of these days I'm going to nail his feet to the ground. There you go. Which, all right, stop being a jerk, Batman. All right, we then see a train breaking, and we see that it's a Wayne Enterprises train. Bullock and Lucius Fox are overseeing the unloading of a new sonic drill. Its intended use is for building excavations. Lucius seems a little nervous, but Bullock kind of puts on his Bullock machismo, and, you know, he's kind of rolling his eyes at it. But before he can even finish his sentence, they're all hit with some kind of sound wave that completely distorts their balance and vision. They all fall to the ground, and I believe Bullock flat out, like, wretches and pukes. Yeah, or something, yeah. Or something close to that, yeah. right? All right? This, the world does this weird spiraling effect, and then we cut to this man. A man who is, as Jordan and I said early, completely dressed like a Nazi, wearing an eye patch. The eye patch has got this kind of eyepiece in it that's generating this distortion effect. Right, like actual visible waves yeah. that you can see in the animation. Like coming out Very comic booky. Yeah. Super comic. Like I could see that on a panel yeah, looking sure. very cool. It's almost like Havoc's. Yeah. Havoc's like similar. whatever he does, his his hula hoop energy. Yeah, or even like when you can see telepathy yeah. in a book. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. That's good. That's good. When he asked, when they ask him what he wants, he, he, he kind of in a very condescending way, in a very German way, yeah. uh, says that he wants to drill. He's like sick of people asking stupid questions. He's from the Society of Shadows and his agents open the box to get the sonic drill but are interrupted by Batman, telling Vertigo that he thinks he'll do 20 in Stonegate. Minimum. Vertigo looks in shock and then exclaims, The Batman! <laughs> Which I, I always like. Uh, Batman kicks Vertigo into some boxes, and Vertigo turns up the heat in his eye patch thing and distorts Batman's reality. Batman is able to continue to fight, but they're interrupted by Talia shooting a dart at them. Batman gets knocked out as Talia escapes and Vertigo escapes away via this like biplane helicopter. 
Yeah. Which I find really cool, but also makes no sense to me. But and also it's kind of like a weirdly like, oh, it's the German Red Baron. Yeah, <laughs> kind yeah, of yeah, thing. yeah. I'm yeah, like, yeah. all right, guys, yeah. come on. No, it's, it's very, very good. Um, so, yeah, this guy. Le- and then Batman gets up. He picks up the dart that was thrown at him and, and leaves. We cut to the Batcave. The big penny. Back to the penny. Big penny. Polish that penny, Alfred. BP. BP. Um, Alfred is asking if he can be sure that the woman in black was working with Vertigo. Batman is convinced as she was unaffected by his weapon and that Vertigo would not have been able to escape without her intervention. He explains the eyepiece. Batman is breaking down what Vertigo said and deduces that him being at his base before the tolling of the hour, which is what Vertigo says to Batman, means that he has to be somewhere with a bell of sorts. So it's a riddle, I guess. I actually really dislike this part of the episode because I don't like the manner in which Batman figures out where the hideout is. There had to be a less tedious way to Mm -hmm. do it that felt more authentic. I think so. It doesn't really make sense to me. And sort of the discovery that's made during this process is that like, oh, wait, my equilibrium was off. So up was down and left was right and west was east. And it's like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Why does that matter? That information, in other words, how he learns he knows that, means nothing for the rest of the episode. No. Just, just cut it out. Give us a different yeah, thing. Yeah, just, just give us a different thing. Make him, I don't know, track it somehow. I don't this know. episode has a little bit of drag. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, in that yeah. Oh, way, yeah. especially. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Alfred suggests that Batman take a break and that all of his work will ensure that Batman will not know his right hand from his left. When, My God, Alfred, you're brilliant. Yes, so I've heard. As Alfred, uh, as Alfred says to, um, to Batman after Batman calls him brilliant, uh, due to the eyepiece, Batman's sense of direction was distorted. Uh, they were headed west, then east, but Batman does a little PowerPoint scrolling to find out that where Vertigo must have gone. You know, to the big giant Nazi castle right outside yeah, that's Gotham. That's the thing. This is like when we have like the jungle castle or whatever we had in the Cat People episode. Yeah. You know, or, you know, like the robot island from, you know, Heart of Steel. It's just like, where in Gotham is there a Nazi castle? Yeah. Like, you know. this is where Red Skull hangs out and here's in where you Captain use, America. Exactly. Here's where you use, like, a little title card. Be like, yeah, Batman takes a plane, he goes to Germany. Yeah. Or Austria, or whatever yeah. the hell, nope. you know? Gotham. The fact that we just have another random, like, German castle on a hill in the limits of Gotham is ridiculous. Batman has a plane. Yeah, very silly. A plane. He also has, not only does Batman have, like, a bat plane, Bruce Wayne has a plane. He could have just flown by map. What would be the name of this castle? If we had to give the castle name, because they don't name it. Uh, I don't know. What would you name it? Schloss Vertigo. Oh, very nice. There you go. Very nice. That's good. That's good. We then transition from the back Schloss computer. Algul. Ooh. Well, it Al-Ghul-Stat. is their castle. Algulstadt. So, so it's really the the Society of Shadows that has this castle in Gotham. <laughs> well, yeah. I imagine they have lots of things in Gotham. Oh, but I we imagine, don't know that. Imagine too. Imagine too. We transition from the back commuter to uh, binoculars. Batman is scoping out the castle and sees that it's crawling with agents of the society. He also sees Talia just kind of casually walking towards the castle, and she makes some noise and is attacked by a group of league agents. She's surrounded, but she's able to kind of deftly fight them off, and then Batman once again jumps in and starts helping her. They fight off the agents in that kind of cool, like, back-to-back fighting everyone thing. I always like that kind of pose. Yep. Uh, But one of them cuts Batman's utility belt off, which is important. It is. It's important. They're smart enough to know that. Mm -hmm. And Batman uh, commends her for her ability to fight, but when he asks her who she works for, some agents then train the sonic drill on Batman and Talia, claiming that the battle has ended. They use the sonic drill 
to uh, create a sinkhole, essentially, in the earth below them. It's actually a really cool device. Really cool. I'm not really sure why they want it. They just want to destroy stuff, I guess. But I was like, you could get any weapon to destroy stuff. Like, I never hear in this episode specifically why they want the drill. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of this episode, we're going to talk about Raj al Ghul, or Raish al Ghul, or Raz al Ghul, yeah. and, and his, like, want for, like, a new order in humanity or whatever. I'm not sure how the drill gun helps him to get that. Yeah, no, I, I really don't. I really don't help, help understand. What are you going to do, destroy famous buildings? Like, I, I, I don't get it. I really don't, I don't get know. it. That actually would have been better for why we're starting at the Statue of Freedom. Yeah, if he destroys if the, the Statue of Freedom. It was like, oh, fuck, it's been destroyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the sonic drill causes them to uh, fall into this cave. Batman and Talia awaken in a room. Batman's mask is off. Uh-oh. Talia applies some cold compresses to his head as a rat runs across his chest, and Talia calls it a filthy creature, to which Batman says, I've been called worse. Mm. Playful. He awakens, bruised and swollen, but immediately panics that his mask is missing. Talia says it was easier to treat his wounds without it. Now, I'm going to say this. Yeah. They know... That Bruce Wayne is Batman. That is also how I read it. Yes. Because she doesn't mention it. No. He's initially worried, and mm-hmm. she's completely, like, they know. nonchalant about it. The like, League she's like, knows. Yeah, and Bruce Wayne's Batman, no yeah. problem. The League knows, because that's they're one of the few people that absolutely actually do know. Right. It's their business yeah. to know. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, who is this Batman? Talia says it was easier to treat his wounds. Batman then begins to panic and says, well, if you know, then, and then she hushes him. He puts his mask back on, and Talia introduces herself as Talia. And uh, she has business with the Society of Shadows, you know, being the second command and all. Batman then goes to the door in the room and sees that it's a simple lock. He goes for his belt, which is gone. Gone. Talia then pulls a lock pick out from her hair and gets the door open. Craft. She's crafty. She's crafty. She's crafty. She comments that they make a good team. I guess she wants to recruit him for the Society. I think so. They exit the room and they make their haste towards Vertigo. I wonder, it does in this version of Batman, because obviously it's true in the Nolan films. Yeah. Did this ber- version of Batman train with the League? I don't know. I don't know Off either. Off the top of my head, I don't know. Because it seems like maybe not. Because maybe, it seems yeah. like he got his martial arts ability from um, uh, Yoru Sensei. Yoru Sensei. Yeah. And it seems like he trained with Zatanna's father. Yeah, which we, we're very close to. We're that. close to the Zatanna. We're close to Zatanna. Zatanna. So I'm not sure what else his training entailed. Probably not the, the assassins. In no, this one. I, I, I like that. I in, like it too. In ba- I think Batman Nolan, Begins, Nolan did a great thing when yeah. he combined those stories. Yeah, I like yeah. that a lot. And I also I remember looking at the I remember looking at the poster for Batman Begins and seeing all the actors playing all the different people. And yet you see you see uh, you see Ra's al Ghul on the yeah. poster, and then you look at Ducard and you're like, hmm. yeah, you're Something like about Liam Neeson uh, looks a lot more Ra's like Ghul. Liam Neeson looks a lot more like Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, I have to say my theater was very into the fact that he was Ra's al Ghul. He has a good good goatee. He does. Very good. They're like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tali explains that Vertigo once worked for her father until he realized the blackness of his soul. They take out some agents very easily, and Tali was sent to Gotham by her father to ensure that the sonic drill did not end up in Vertigo's hands. And she says that her father is concerned for all humankind. Yeah, okay. Well... Uh, he is true, but true. in a terrible way. Yeah, like the worst way. True in the same way that Samuel Jackson's character in Kingsman is concerned for all of mankind. Yes, yes, right? yes. And I'm going to kill them. Yep, all of them. They run off into what I can only describe as the most cartoon-looking lab of all cartoon-looking labs. Yes. The same stuff, the same, the same Bunsen burners, it might as well the just same be Man Bat's lab again. I would love if Man Bat was in this. Oh, my God. Man yeah. Bat would really help this episode. Oh, so good. 
They Most g- episodes are improved by the presence of Man Bat. Oh, of course. The door of the lab was completely unlocked, so they know it's a trap, and they're immediately hit with Vertigo's eyepiece. We see Vertigo's head in the middle swirling effect in like a very classic cartoon way. Yep. Uh, we see his head like... <laughs> and then we come back to the lab, and the sonic whirring continues as we see Vertigo in front of the drill. Batman says that the trick won't stop them. Vertigo picks up the drill and lets them know that he's assembled an elaborate death trap for them, rigging the room with multiple Vertigo devices. Yeah, so it, it seems to be, uh, and this is true of all of the Talia and Raish episodes, but including this one, yeah. when Batman is doing something with Talia or doing something that involves Ra's al Ghul in some way, uh, he has reverted to a version of the character that's basically like Saturday matinee hero. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So a little bit like when he was doing the Red Claw Catwoman stuff. Mm-hmm. We were like, oh, this is very James Bondy. Mm-hmm. And now this is very Indiana Jones. And this Jones. is how all the Razzle Ghoul episodes yeah. are, or the Talia It's also kind of James Bond, too. Oh, it's both. It's, it's both. both. It's well, definitely there's a lot of overlap of that. between Indiana Jones and James Bond. Of course. Bond, of course. Depending on the version. Yeah. So Batman actually notices that the effect now works on Talia. And she says that she lost her anti-vertigo contact lenses when she fell down the hole. Darn the luck. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, they're probably just scraped. She probably just has to scrape them off the back of her eyelids, which is something I have to do from time to time. Listen, you fall asleep sometimes. Yeah, yeah. sometimes it happens. Actually, when I fall asleep with my contacts on, I wake up with eye ulcers, so I don't do that. Yeah, it's not good. Not good. That is bad. Batman says, I don't do helpless. And he helps Talia regain her balance. They have a moment. Batman walks Talia towards where the drill is, avoiding traps in the floor like he can, like he's got a super sense. Uh, he pretty much escapes a whole bunch of Indiana Jones-style traps that are intended to kill them. Well, you know how he can do that. How? Well, you're about to reveal, how did he get past the traps, Mike? Well, he got past the traps because he closed his eyes. Yeah. Do you know why he could do that? Why? Because a bat. <laughs> it's a bat. He can fight in the dark. He doesn't need to see... <laughs> He doesn't need it. Imagine if he, he's a bat. Imagine if Batman used like actual echolocation. I would love that. And he closed his eyes and he went. Ah. Some versions of Batman do that. I mean, they have like. Thank you, Mike. They have like devices that do that. Yeah, I like that though. Daredevil like essentially does it. That's what She Bat does. Yeah, She Bat does that. She eats those papayas too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Bat in the next scene. Oh, bat ta- She Bat's papayas. Oh man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Francine Lancaster. What's up, girl? Talia a tall asks, drink of water. That girl's like six feet tall. She's got to be. She's very close to height for Kirk. And he's over six. Yeah, he's, big, he's a big boy. He's I'll also a you, big Batman. I, you know, I know a lot of guys, listeners, I'm not trying to cause any controversy when I say this. I think you'll be like, no, it's true. A lot of guys are intimidated by tall women. Here's why. Because men like to feel in control. And they feel like if the woman is taller, they're not in control. On the other side, women like when the man is taller because they like to be held like a little pretzel. Okay? <laughs> but I'm telling you right now, Francine Langstrom, I would climb her like a tree. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm not intimidated by that at all. And I would hold her and I'd somehow make myself the bigger pretzel. I have a question. Yeah, what's up? I mean, who doesn't love a giant pretzel at the at the Every, any event? Everybody loves a big pretzel. Yeah, dipping on a little mustard. That's right. Yeah. I got the mustard. Yeah, it's, I know you got the mustard. I got the mustard, baby. That's right. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Talia asked Batman how he did it, and he said it's simple. <laughs> he kept his eyes closed, and he did his best daredevil, and wow. used his other senses to make up for his inability what to see. What a fucking genius. I know. Smart, right? Amazing. He's a smart man. Talia is very impressed. 
The exit's but like, the that's also like, oh, what if we don't look at the thing? Yeah. Like, that's a, yeah. Dude, obviously. don't look at it. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. They exit the lab area and head towards the tower. And I looked in the trap, Ray. <laughs> <I> look, <laughs> what is it? What is it? What did you do, Ray? I tried to think of the most harmless thing. This is the second time we've quoted that. This is, I think, the third. Yeah. What is it? It's the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. <laughs> One of my favorite things in film ever. It's so good. It's so good. They never get back there. And that's the thing with the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Guaranteed success on a gift for me. 100%. Anything with Stay Puft on it. 100%. I love Stay Puft. He's a sailor. Just gotta get him laid. <laughs> Everything will be all right. So, um, Vertigo is walking up the tower with the drill as he hails his plane copter thing. And he's just ascending the stairs. Einstein, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's very German. Um, Vertigo activates the eyepiece and the drill at the same time, Whoa. destroying part of the stairs so that Batman and Talia are trapped. Closing her eyes and following Batman's hey, here's lead. Here's an idea. Drill them. Yes. Hit them with the, the stairs. Drill. It, yeah. I, I, yes. I, I get it. Come on. The, I don't know why. This would turn people to putty. Come on. Hey, come on. Hey. hey. Talia, Talia follows Batman's lead, jumps with her eyes closed onto one of the bell ropes because he's ascended the tower into what I can only describe to be the part in Spider-Man 3 where he loses the symbiote. That's it. They've decided Vertigo is Venom. Venom. And he's weak (laughs) against church bells. Oh, weak to Sonic. Weak to Sonic. Pull the suit off. I know that scene is also in the comic books. I get it. And Eddie Eddie Brock was in the comics. Eddie Brock was in the church below Spider-Man when it was happening. But we're going to go film here because we're a TV and film podcast. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, so Vertigo's at the top and she starts ringing these loud bells. Batman follows her lead and he starts ringing the bells. Vertigo loses it because church bells are loud and he probably has tinnitus now. (laughs) Um, it freezes Vertigo. He drops the drill. Batman grabs the drill and they, they, um, Vertigo falls off the tower because of the bells, into the river, and totally is still alive. And he's he's alive, I'm sure. Super alive. And we'll see him again, because he's Definitely. not dead. Yes. I'm kidding, he's probably dead. He should be dead. All right, so Batman's got the drill. The next day, or later on, it looks like daybreak is happening. Batman and Talia are leaving the castle with the drill, and saying that the society is finished. Or is it? Mm-hmm. Batman goes to leave with the drill, but she's pulled a gun on him. She pulls out a gun. Oh, a double Ooh, cross. Not this time, very Mr. Jones. James, well, yeah, very James Bond, very Indiana Yeah, Jones. very much, very much all those classic very last characters. crusade, end of last very, crusade. This is exactly much. what happens. Yeah. Batman hands over the drill, but Batman's an epic level rogue with an incredible sleight of hand. He places some sort of device in the barrel. Listen, I understand that Batman is both a rogue, a fighter, a monk. He's like 30 classes. Yeah, he has some kind of little thing he puts in like the muzzle yeah. of the drill, which is mm-hmm. like, what? what is that? We don't know. What is that? We don't quite know at this point in time. He knows something was up because she knew the entire layout of the monastery, and he pins her as being one of them, as in the society. We see that weird plane helicopter thing come back, and she exits on that rope ladder. Very adventure story-ish. I love it. Very. And apologize to Batman that what it could have been, that they could have had something sweet. My beloved. Yeah, my beloved. My beloved. Batman exclaims that this is not over as she flies away. It's over. It's over. Talia is flying away in the plane and says, Vertigo has been dealt with father. We cut to Talia speaking to her dad on a screen saying her mission was a complete success. Her father tells her to test it on a target. She then takes the drill and then goes to test it on some random mountain. Some no, random... read what you wrote in the notes. 
Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Her father tells her to test it on a target. She tries to test it on some red mana art, <laughs> uh, for those of you who play Magic the Gathering, but the drill overheats and fries itself because of Batman. That's it. She drops the drill and says to her father, Raz al Ghul, the Batman must have sabotaged it somehow. Then we cut back to Raz. So even in defeat, the detective manages to achieve some small measure of victory. I like that he refers to him only as detective. Yeah, that's amazing. That's Classic. actually basically my favorite thing about Rajal Raj Ghul is that yeah. he calls him detective. He calls him detective. Raz turns off the monitor and turns off the camera. As you said, detective, this is not over. And he narrows his eyes at the screen, and then we get credits. You know, what's funny is, as a kid, I don't think I knew who this was. I'm not sure I even saw this episode, but I remember feeling, you can feel from the people making these shows, yeah. they think Roz is really important. And he gets the big setup in this episode. It's kind of a Blofeld moment. Yes. Like, he's the guy behind it. Yes, he's very Dr. Claw, yeah. Blofeld, yeah. Moriarty. Next time, Gadget. Next time. Yeah, he's, got, he's the super mastermind. Yeah. Because listen, you got you have Batman villains like Joker, who's his arch nemesis, but then you also have like Two Face. These are like the high profile yeah. villains. But then you have a villain like Roz or Raish, who's basically like he considers him an equal. Yeah, it's a different relationship. It's an adversary. Yeah, an adversary. There's a weird mutual respect thing going on. So like Joker and Batman are enemies. Yes. Roz, Raish, and Batman are rivals. Correct, and you will see throughout Raish's relationship with Batman, he will repeatedly. Try to bring Batman to his side. So in like he's season, more like a Magneto. Yes, more like a Magneto for who's sure. He's not really he always an enemy. Yeah. So kind of like in seasons like two and three of Naruto, Naruto's enemy <laughs> is Gara from the Sand Village because ah, Gara right. is possessed by this evil spirit that you know wants to kind of crush people with his sand gourd that he keeps on his back. But Sasuke, oh who has literally gone and joined with the evil Orochimaru, is. Naruto's rival and Naruto just wants to save him. What uh what about the sand gourd? Oh, Gara's great. One of the No, cool. no, the gourd. The gourd is filled with the sand that was enchanted by Gara's mother and the sand will protect him no matter what. However, when he fights Rock Lee, the Taijutsu uh... specialist, Rock Lee moves so quickly because he's so trained in hand-to-hand -hand combat that he's able to break through the sand barrier. How does the gourd feel about all this? The gourd doesn't care. Wow. You must fight the gazebo alone. Thank you for that, Naruto. No problem. I'm here for I'm, I'm here for Naruto segues whenever you want. I know nothing of Naruto. Which is never. That's the people with the metal plate on their head, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's the uh, the ninja the ninja headband. Yeah, Wasn't with the guard. Also, uh, Naruto the Butch. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, what are your closing thoughts? Listen again. Uh, the episode is fun. Mm -hmm. It does not make a lot of sense in some cases because here's the deal. Um, Talia is working with Batman yep. against the Society of Shadows during this episode, trying to steal this drill from Vertigo. But Vertigo also works for the Society of Shadows. So I guess the takeaway is that he was leading some kind of splinter faction of the Society of Shadows that was not loyal to Ra's al Ghul and to Talia. But that's never explicitly stated in the episode. So as a kid, are you supposed to figure that out by yourself? When she double-crosses Batman at the end, she reveals, I was working for the Society of Shadows all along. Wouldn't anybody be like, so why didn't you let them have the drill? They are you. Yeah, I don't get it. Right? So the jump to the conclusion we can jump to is that, okay, Vertigo was like some kind of rogue yeah, agent splinter, within splinter the Society group. of Shadows. Yeah. yeah, splinter group. But again, it's not explicitly stated. No, no. And the show's for kids. No. And I found it confusing. So confusing. what the fuck are we supposed to do with that? Yeah, it's not a great episode. 
Not a great episode, but you know what? Uh, it introduces Talia in a really cool way. Yep. She's great in yes, this episode. She's awesome. And the Roz reveal is awesome. awesome. We All we want is more from them, and yep. we're going to get it. We're going to get it, which is beautiful, beautiful thing. Those are my closing thoughts. Uh, ranking in the series, I do think it's probably low mid. Uh, yeah, low. I mid. low. Mid. Yeah. Mid, as the uh, Gen Z would say. It's fucking mid. Mid. Fucking mid. Straight bus and no cap. Definitely not straight bus and no cap. I'd say it's mid no cap. I don't know what you're saying. No cap means no lies. It's Like truth. no diggity. Yeah. I like the way you work Working it. No cap. You gotta bag it up. But yeah, I would definitely say it's it's middle to bottom. It's not great. Do the kids think we're hip? I don't think so. Fantastic cast? I don't think so. Do they think we're fire? Uh, I don't know if people say fire or they say lit. Fuck. I, we're just done. Got dude, fire. dude, even, the, even the, the slang that I finally picked up on is now passed me by. That's Man. why I'm bringing rad back. I still say rad. Me too, because you know what? That's rad. That's right. Yes. Anyway... Thank you for very much for your closing thoughts and your ranking of the series. No diggity. No uh, goodbye. Diggity. And so next time we are covering a great episode, The Man Who Killed Batman. That's right. And one of the greatest jo- moments in Joker history. Yes. Very, very good. Very excited for that one. Yes, I know. I'm happy you're covering it. And thank you for joining Today us. Today is the day the clown cries. Well, you get to do that all again next uh-huh. week. Uh-huh. Thank you for joining us. This was the Batman Cast for Jordan Hugh. I'm Mike Staub. Thank you, and see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Batman Cast. If you want to follow us, you can find us all over social media at Batman Cast. And you want to help out the show, we suggest you leave a like, give a comment, rate it, give us one of those five star ratings because that helps the show be that much more visible. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.